think this might be the last episode of the show, y'all. You know why? Why? Why is that? I think that I am not slowly, rapidly being de-radicalized by my college's community fucking bathrooms. <laughs> you take 50 boys and you put them, put them on a floor where they all have to share a bathroom that they have to like put a key in to get yeah. into every single time. It doesn't go well. I swear to God, I walked into the bathroom the other day and, oh, actually, as of like last week, one of our stalls was so clogged that they just closed it down. They just they didn't even try. They didn't even try. They just oh. taped off the stall. And then somebody broke the tape. Shit's still clogged. They like just, a week later. They just didn't even try to fix it? No. There's just piss wow. on all of the toilet seats. <laughs> and it's bro. like, bro, I don't got the leg strength to hover. Maybe community isn't the way to go. No, literally. <laughs> Fucking literally, dude. Like maybe, apartment co-ops? I, I, I can't. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to live around people. Maybe we should be separated. <laughs> Maybe I don't want public housing anymore. <laughs> Maybe I should live in a diaspora. Yeah. Away from everybody. Because this shit, it's, it's getting to me. It's Dude, not bringing me down. Gage is no longer a leftist due no, to no. Uh, life at public colleges. I think I might become a landlord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about like the private bathrooms? The private bathrooms? Yeah, isn't there like... Isn't there like one bathroom you can get into or it's just There's like a toilet? There's one bathroom that you don't have to use a key to get into and it's like a toilet and a uh, a shower. It's like the handicaps like bathroom, but it's like unisex pretty much. Shit. It's honestly, <laughs> it is even worse than like our regular like shared bathrooms. Well, I mean, it's also a shared bathroom because yeah, yeah. a lot of the kids on the floor are just too lazy to use their key to get into the regular bathroom. So they just go into there. So there's also just that toilet's clogged <sighs> a good bit of time and it smells Bro, how do people act like that? Maybe, maybe communism doesn't work. No, yeah. <laughs> maybe people are hardwired right to just not be, yeah, you know <laughs> be what? sensitive maybe to others. Maybe this is human nature. Maybe it is human nature to just not give a fuck. But I can't do it, bro. I can't do it anymore. It's getting to me. It's getting me down. It's hurting my mental health. Hey, let's see. Only like, what, mm, five more months of this? <laughs> Six yeah, more months? Yeah. Only, uh, only a couple more months of this, and then I get winter break. And then I got to go back right into it for a couple months. It's like, bro, I come back. I come back from my biochemistry exam with a 64% class average, mind you. Oh. And then I got to deal with these toilets, bro. See, you would think you think the professors of all people would understand why <laughs> the grading scale is so stupid. Yeah. Like, you yeah. went to school. You have, like, a doctorate in whatever field. Exactly. You should know that this is fucking dumb. <laughs> you should know that we should teach the material better. Like, yeah. when, when, this is only, like, a major course, too. Like, only chemistry and biochemistry majors are allowed to take this class. Yeah. So it's like, these are, like, smart kids, not me. Not me. Oh, but yeah. like, Gage excluded. Everybody Gage else excluded. in my class is like smart, regular, like STEM kids, you know? Right. 64%, bro. Imagine going in, going in like, it's also our first exam in a while, but this is usually how the averages go. Yeah. Just like, imagine going in and getting like half the questions right. You just spent a month, like dedicated a month to learning this material. And it's like, ah, maybe I can get half. 50%. That's crazy. <laughs> and you're like, That's ah, victory. Actually crazy. Victory. Let's go. Not too far from the average. I cannot. Anyway, you know what? Anyway, roll what? the intro. <laughs> yeah, roll the intro. <laughs> Welcome back to Head in the Office, everybody. I hope you're having a good week. I hope you're excited for this episode. We got a whole lot to talk about. You exactly. already know. A whole lot of economic 
collapse. Yeah, <laughs> a whole lot of nonsense that we pulled out of a rather dry week. Yeah. Just milking the news for you all. Let's go. Overcompensating for the dry week by putting as much as possible into the episode. Every single week. Yeah. That's you, a promise. Yeah, that's a promise to our Patreons. By the way, go check it out. It's a promise to our subscribers on both YouTube and TikTok. That's right. Um, go that's check all those platforms to, uh, out. To all the people who rated five star on Apple. Yeah, of which we have none to read today. No yeah, five star sadly. reviews today. I guess you guys but, don't like us this week. Yeah, go leave that's your homework go leave a review on apple and uh we'll read it next week we'll read it at the next week's pod give you a little shout out we'll feel like the warm fuzzies it like it invigorates us Mm -hmm. it invigorates of course uh but today we've got a whole lot to talk about including uh an update on the reconciliation bill in congress and maybe our potential economic collapse coming in october um we have some more hate speech towards our least favorite democratic (laughs) senators and we'll wrap up by talking about labor unions but you know we're ready for news coverage, I think. That's right. All right, let's get right into it. First, we're going to talk off, uh, start off with some talk about the economy. Uh, some of you may have heard that the government may shut down soon and that the economy could potentially collapse. Crazy. It's just Crazy. a regular October for the United States. Honestly, it kind of is, though. <laughs> yeah, this happens pretty regularly. <laughs> Didn't this happen last year? Yeah. And I remember specifically, like, I think in eighth grade, the government did shut down. Yeah. For, like... A couple weeks, right? Well, I will remind everyone that the longest recorded government shutdown was under Donald Trump. It was like 40-something days, I think. <laughs> or like 30-something days. <laughs> Shit happens every, pretty often, pretty, actually. Every so often, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the budget was set to end actually last Thursday, but the budgetary period was extended and funded through December 3rd after Congress acted pretty quickly and passed, um, I don't know if it's a budget amendment or just something to, to extend the deadline to December 3rd. Uh, the AP reported that the House approved a short-term funding measure uh, by a 254 to 175 vote uh, right after the Senate did the same with a 65 to 35 vote, which is interesting because a large majority of Republicans in both chambers said, nah, said, nah, let's collapse. Let's shut down the government and eventually just collapse the entire economy. What do let's they do want? It. What do they want? I don't know. Like <laughs> that's the thing, and we'll talk about this a bit more once we get into the the debt ceiling stuff. But the thing when it comes to government shutdowns and the debt ceiling, nobody gains from holding it up. No, not at all. There's no political gain. You don't look better. There's also no political gain from passing it. Nobody wins. Like, what is their base like thinking right now? I don't They're know. Like, well, yeah, they don't bro, give a fuck. Just don't support the Democrats <laughs> no matter what they do. Because I don't. I don't get like there's you don't gain anything politically. You don't campaign on raising the yeah. debt ceiling. You don't campaign on stopping the raising of the debt ceiling. Nobody fucking cares. No. There's no ga- facts. It's, nobody talks about this. Like this is the highest stakes issue I've ever heard of that does not matter at all politically. It's you know what I mean. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. It really just highlights the absurdity of our system. Yeah, yeah. Although the budget was extended through December third, crisis is not totally averted. Okay. Congress still needs to raise the debt ceiling by October eighteenth, or the U.S. Treasury says that the U.S. could face. A major economic collapse, and potentially the rest of the world will face that as well. Didn't she say we will literally <laughs> run out of cash? Yes. Like we will, we will have no money to operate, no money at all by October eighteenth. The yeah. U.S. will be broker than me. Yeah, and that's saying <laughs> crazy. Something. That's broker than us, especially now that we have an income on Patreon. <laughs> <Thanks>. Yeah, <laughs> we're making more money than the government will be. Let's go. Um, the debt ceiling, also known as the borrowing limit, for those that don't know, is basically the maximum amount the U.S. government can borrow from other countries and since the u.s can't fund its own programs because we refuse to raise taxes to allocate the funding for those programs more on that later yeah we have to borrow money from other countries and if the debt ceiling isn't raised we can't pay back our debts 
which means the U.S. defaults on our debts. Yeah. Which is bad. Yeah. <laughs> because we we have like what what is it like twenty nine trillion dollars in debts right now? Fucking stupid. Yeah. They're so if we default dumb. on those debts, that's a major economic collapse, and also it means that the government can't pay money into things like social security, mm-hmm. can't fund or give money to their workers, can't give money to veterans that have benefits after coming back from being exploited overseas yeah, yeah. Uh, and they can't fund any of the other go- uh, federal programs so like it's bad it <laughs> it's really bad literal disaster yeah like all over fake money yeah crazy yeah and honestly we'll talk about this a lot more too but all of this just proves to me that money is not fucking real oh god no none of it exists yeah, not at all like, like <laughs> what are they talking like debt ceiling debt ceiling what is that how do you have about? a ceiling for that like the debt the national debt has gotten to such a limit that it, it is an unfathomable amount oh yeah we will never be able to pay that shit back no it's just gone forever <laughs> yeah. like, and it doesn't exist like, you know what i mean just, yeah. And like, by the way, like we we should on uh, Democrats a lot, and we will this episode you know, certainly. Like, that's probably most trust of the episode. Yeah, today. like half at least. But this debt ceiling nonsense with like the in the government running out of money is all the fault of Republicans because they all of them, the majority of them have been in Congress for a while. Yeah, they know exactly what they have to do. The debt ceiling was raised pretty regularly, even under raised, Donald Trump. It was raised once in 2015 under the leadership of Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, yep. once in 2017 under the leadership of Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, once in 2019 under the leadership of Majority Mitch McConnell because they push it off for two years each time. And now yep. that we're in 2021, the Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is saying, nah, fam, we can't <laughs> do this. What's crazy is that Mitch McConnell is telling Democrats to do it, but he himself will not vote for yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, I can't have my name on this. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not even just Mitch McConnell. All of the Republicans, even the ones that are new, uh-huh. know that raising the debt limit is a thing that they just do every single time. It is time. a thing that you literally just have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it was done under it was done under Donald Trump in 2019 or 2018, one of those. 2019, two. 2017, yeah. not 2015. Yeah, no, it was it was done under Donald Trump and like people came together and did it because they recognized if they didn't it's a major fucking economic yeah. collapse. For no reason. Crashing the economy to own the libs. For an avoidable reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's the fault of Republicans. Um, it, yeah, like I said, the, the debt ceiling right now is $28.4 trillion, and I'm pretty sure we're hitting that ceiling, which is why we need yeah, to raise it. Yeah. Um, and like Gage said, McConnell has always done it. He is unwilling to do it now just because he doesn't want to face the political backlash. It's simply to own the libs. Yeah, That's no, literally it. it. It's and just even, a, Mc, McConnell even told people, or he even told Chuck Schumer, like, do it through budget reconciliation mm-hmm. so that we don't have to vote for it. A big thing, a big theme of this episode, I guess you could say, is people, like, doing things like this, holding a gun to, like, the economy's head yeah. just so that they can claim that they're being responsible with money when they are, in fact, being the most irresponsible with money. <laughs> yeah. Like, is this what fiscal conservatism yeah, is? Yeah, come on now. Just come tanking on now. the entire economy? It's literally just to say that Democrats are spending too much money yeah. when they could literally be spending just as much as Trump, which they aren't because Trump racked up the highest deficit in history. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like, yeah. $3 trillion under Trump. Oh, yeah. Wild, right? Yeah, no, in, in modern history, under Republican presidents, the debt always goes up. Oh, yeah. And oh, under oh, Democratic presidents, it tends to go down. Our or last, it hits a peak and then goes down. Our last surplus was under Bill Clinton. Head yeah. in the office, Bill Clinton. Head in the office, Bill Clinton. <laughs> the man who inspired it all. That's right. Bill Clinton. <laughs> Come no, on it's, now. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, I don't understand what the political motive is other than just... Owning the libs. Owning the libs, not letting them be progressive. And the thing is that when it comes to the debt with the reconciliation bill... 
Democrats already said that, look, we have a plan to fund this bill in its entirety. We'll use taxes. Yeah. We'll pay for it over 10 years. Um, money will also come from the government being able to negotiate for prescription drugs, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about when oh, we shit yes, on cinema later. But, like, Democrats have a plan to fund the big reconciliation bill that is a lot of money. And they're still like, no, we're like, crashing the economy. Literally a plan to completely fund it. Yeah. Like, come on, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Speaking of reconciliation, in the context of this whole debacle around the debt ceiling, um, debates around recon- the reconciliation package are still ongoing. Uh, according to The Hill, <laughs> Biden <laughs> said there is no rush to pass either infrastructure bill. Bro, fuck you mean. <laughs> what do you mean? Bridges yes. are actually literally collapsing. Our crumbling like, infrastructure, people going into medical debt, me not being able to afford college. <laughs> like, that's not that's y'all, not urgent. Y'all remember that building in Florida collapsed? Straight up. Yeah. Come on now. A few months ago. Come on now. You remember when Texas literally fell apart at the seams? <laughs> yes. Like, the power grid just... Psh- yeah. But yeah. that's the market, baby. Yeah. That's the market being efficient. Um, Biden met with the Democratic caucus last Friday, uh, and it seemed like much of his speech was just, I urge centrists and progressives to come together. Bro, what are, what are progressives doing here? What, yeah. what are they doing wrong? Come nothing. On now. Literally, nothing. The, the, feels like the only two powerful people in Congress, because all the Congress Republicans are one person. They're Mitch McConnell. <laughs> that's it. They're just yeah. one fucking monolith. Yeah. I swear to God, you cannot tell me different. So there are really just three people in Congress that have power right now. It's Mitch McConnell and his goons, Joe and Kristen. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Or Kirsten. Yeah. Kirsten. Kirsten Cinema. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That That's literally our entire political <laughs> structure right now. Is those no one else matters. Yeah. Like everyone else. Literally. You mm, my goodness. Because 48 of the other Democrats, 96% of the caucus is down for this bill. Yes. Or maybe they aren't. Maybe I'm just generalizing. But like generally. No, no, they are. 96% is down for this bill. Of course, there's like moderates that have some apprehension yeah, towards it because it's big. But they're going to vote for it. They're going to fall in line. Exactly. Like shut the fuck up. You are not going to defect from the Democratic Party. Yeah. Like, you are a simp for the party. The only reason you're in power is because of the party. Like, shut up. Literally. You know what I mean? These people just said, nah, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I'm Kirsten Cinema no. from Arizona, whose partner from Arizona, Mark Kelly, is in favor of the bill. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, and we'll also talk about that later because she's hurting her partner from Arizona, yeah. Mark yeah. Kelly. Yeah. Um, Biden apparently told progressives at this meeting at the Democratic caucus uh, to accept a smaller package, maybe around $2 trillion, mm-hmm. which is... Maybe it's a coincidence. Surprisingly close to Joe Manchin's 1.5 uh-huh. number. Uh huh. So you know, a lot lower than the original proposed six trillion. Six point five trillion from yeah. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. Well, we could actually needed. Progressives have already caved. Oh yeah. Like, and to be fair, we weren't ever going. There's no reality that we were going to see a six point five trillion dollar bill. Yeah, we don't have no fucking shot. A modicum of the power that Kirsten <laughs> and Joe have right now. Yeah, because of the fifty fifty split, by the way. <laughs> and when I say Joe, I'm not talking Biden. Facts, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Joe, no Biden. Exactly. Joe, no Biden. Um, but speaking of Biden, he dedicated a lot of his time this week. Uh, well, I guess last week at the time this comes out with uh meeting with Cinema and Joe Manchin, and apparently. From what we can tell, Cinema and Joe Manchin just aren't giving any counter proposals. They're just saying no. <laughs> literally, they're <laughs> like, just saying no. Like they're literally just saying no. I'm sorry, no. Like I mean, we talked about uh, a few weeks ago Joe Manchin on CNN. I think it was yep. with Dana Bash, just saying like I'm not paying for or like we can't pay for that much. Yeah, but but Joe, why can't we pay for that much? Hey, bro. We just can't pay for that <laughs> Dana much. Dana Bash said, "Look, Democrats have a plan to fund it." And he's like, "I disagree." <laughs> 
are they lying to you? What do you disagree with? Yeah. <laughs> what is there to disagree with here? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know about you all, but I would say this just seems pretty urgent to me. Oh yeah. Especially because when Republicans regain control, and it is when, because they will <laughs> regain control at some point. It's actually, either in a year or in three. Definitely, probably Sorry. in a year. Um, nothing is ever going to pass again when that happens. No, you are never seeing another infrastructure You're bill. Actually, shit on. And they're also going to eliminate the filibuster whenever it's politically feasible for them to do so. Yeah, which whenever is probably twenty twenty two. Whenever it's culturally okay for them to just put minorities in jail, they're getting rid of the filibuster. Yeah, I can tell yeah. you that right now. Yeah. So, and even especially if the economy collapses, we need a reconciliation bill to like make it so poor people Dude. don't just die. And it's like especially if the economy collapses. They're getting even more seats. Yeah. Like they're going to win even more seats because they're going to spin it. Like, look at how fiscally irresponsible the Democrats are. Yeah. They're literally going to cause a problem that is the economic collapse. Then they're going to campaign on the problem that they caused. Exactly. Out here gaslighting the nation. Yeah. Yeah. And just a side note. Um, I added this at the end, but this has to do with like the, the debt ceiling and budget collapse stuff. But um, Good Morning Bad News, which is basically just like a TikTok news account. Yeah. I saw a story that they did that they detailed how the Department of Treasury technically has the power to mint a coin of any value. Fire. So they could just mint a $1 trillion coin and Let's just go. put it into the, like our debt payments. Fire. And then we don't collapse. Let's go. Which is money isn't real. Do it, bro. Fiat currency is crazy. <laughs> like it's literally not like and this is a thing that could literally happen. Yeah. Like There's if, a whole lot of things. Oh. If the Biden administration is pushed far enough to the point where Republicans just aren't doing anything to fund the government and Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are like, well, we're not getting rid of the filibuster, so that's <laughs> not an option. Like he may just have to mint a one trillion dollar coin. That'd be so hard. Like, why don't why does he just do mint a three point five trillion dollar coin <laughs> and pay for the budget reconciliation? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Look, he why don't why don't we just print more money and not inflate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and none of this is real. Not none inflate. of this is. It's all just an illusion to keep you from not being poor. Yeah, like they made up these principles. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they made up the rules to the game. They <laughs> yeah. made up the rules of money. Yeah, and they're just making us all follow them. Yeah, none of it's true. Anyway, let's talk about Kirsten Cinema. Okay. This is all you. This is all you. Time to to get at some cinema slander. So according to a New York Times uh, article, cinema has privately told colleagues that she opposes any corporate or income tax hike. Mm. Just not at all. Not even from like, what is it, 21%? Yeah. Not even 21 to 21.1. She wants to keep it at what it is right now? No hikes. No hikes for income in any way, shape, or form, and no hikes for corporate taxes in any way, shape, or form. How does she want to pay for anything? Oh, I guess I she, she doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> she literally doesn't. She literally doesn't want to pay for anything. She just wants to sit there and drop like highlighter color fits. Oh. <laughs> Walking in dress like di- an expo marker dog. Yeah, her expo marker costumes <laughs> are just a distraction from her painful centrism. It is actually ridiculous. And I mean, why would she want to fund any of these things? She doesn't yeah. have any agenda that she wants to push in Congress except saying no. Yeah, and... <laughs> she also happily opposed a $15 wage a few months ago. Oh, very happily. Along with seven other Democrats. <laughs> only only 43% of the Senate voted in favor of a $15 wage. Insane. Like, Insane. <laughs> anyways. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, yeah. She also reportedly opposes any plan to lower prescription drug prices. Prices. And you may be thinking, why the fuck would any person want to keep drug prices unaffordable? But then you look into it, and you realize that she's not a person. She's simply a bank account for Big Pharma. 
Because she's received more than $750,000 in direct like campaign contributions and yep. payments from pharmaceutical and medical firms. Yeah, she's literally an appendage of just big pharma. Oh, yeah. That's all she is. Like, she's not a person. She's not a real person. Like, these people, these people, like, campaign on not messing with the free market, and they always say, like, well, we don't want the government to intervene in the medical establishment because then that would hurt the free market and raise yeah. prices. Like, first of all, prices are already astronomical. There's no shot that most working class people can even afford the drugs that they need uh-huh. to survive. And then at the same time, she doesn't actually care about any of that. She's literally yeah. just, like... Not a human being. It's funny that you say that these people campaign on free market principles of, like, not touching the pharmaceutical industry because she explicitly campaigned on the opposite in 2018. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she explicitly campaigned on lowering prescription drug prices. Yeah. R- yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, no, Kirsten Cinema. Like, we, we shit on Joe Manchin a lot, but Kirsten Cinema, in a lot of ways, is demonstrably worse. Oh, yeah. They're just in different sectors, baby. Yeah. Like, she's just over here in healthcare, and Joe is just over here being an evil coal baron. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on, which we'll get into promptly. Oh, true. <laughs> Specifically, she is on the record saying she will oppose any legislation that will allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices. Yeah. Negotiate. Yeah. Not even just like a blanket lowering of drug prices, not even a, hey, now you can afford these, to negotiate to make it still unaffordable. Like, I'm sorry, but what does it matter if my life-saving cancer treatment is $800,000 rather than $900,000? Yeah. I'm still not paying for that, and I'm still just fucked in the ass by co-pays. Yeah. So. She, she literally just does not care about human beings. Like, like why now. have you why have you gotten elected to the Senate? Like, what's the point? Like, I mean, obviously, she's just there for some amount mm. of clout chasing. Oh, 1,000%. Or just, like, to get attention. But at this point, you're just saying, like, you're poor. That sucks. <laughs> so Move on. Girl crazy. boss. That's girl exactly, boss energy bro. straight Come up. Come on now. Come on now. But, like, it's not like she's in the situation that Joe Manchin is in where he can't really do anything. Him- oh, no. Joe Biden is in where he, like, can't do anything as the president. Yeah. He has no, like, real fucking power yeah, he can't right now. Legislate. Yeah. And he can blame his shortcomings on the Senate. She can't really do that. It's literally just all her fault. Yeah. It's literally just her just being a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she's on her own one-woman show and is just flip-flopping for the bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a little side note, little side note, Kirsten Cinema was elected in 2018. Yeah. Uh, she was the first Democrat to be elected to the Senate through Arizona in like 30 years. A big milestone. Three decades. Yeah, it was crazy. Everyone was losing their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, she won against Martha McSally, which was then appointed after the other Arizona, uh, John McCain, after John McCain yeah. died. And then Mark Kelly also beat Martha McSally. So they both <laughs> beat Martha McSally. Um, and now, after campaigning on basically, you know, popular democratic ideas, and after in the past being like a communist, basically, yeah. part of the Green Party, Kirsten Cinema was very far left when she was younger. Now she's just like holding back progress for the entire country. Oh, yeah. And it's like Mark Kelly, he's an actual centrist. She's just a contrarian. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. I mean, like Mark Kelly, we've talked about him before on the pod. <laughs> he's not great. <laughs> no, fucking he hate is that not guy. great. He's he done sucks. some bad stuff. He sucks. Or like he supports some pretty bad policies. Yeah. But Kirsten Cinema doesn't even have the cover of being from a red state that Joe Manchin has. Mm-hmm. Like, at the very least, even though I hate Joe Manchin, at the very least, he's from West Virginia, a state that Trump won by like 30 points. So yeah. I understand why he gets to act like a moderate kind or at of. least pretend. I get it. Yeah. But Kirsten Sinema, like Arizona's turning blue. Yeah. Like in at the next election, the next few elections, Arizona's going to turn comfortably blue. Most, There's not like, going to be a problem. Reliably. It's yes. no longer a swing state. She does not have an excuse to act like this. Oh, God, no. Especially when Mark Kelly is just doing his thing. Like yeah. she's awful. She, you are at, you are an awful human being. Oh, yeah. No, she's fucking horrible. Yeah. And the Arizona Democratic Party 
also thinks she's fucking horrible as they're threatening to call a vote of no confidence if she doesn't reverse her stance on the filibuster and stop derailing the current reconciliation bill which i mean a vote of no confidence confidence it sounds cool yeah. it makes me think of you know star wars episode one there's a chance to <laughs> true, lure him true. no confidence get that boy out of there he's out so i was thinking oh is cinema just going to be out of there? No, it's really just they said they won't support her in 2024 you when thought, she's up oh, for re-election. Real life could be as cool as Star Wars? Yeah, I thought, nope. wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. That would be actually great if we could have a democratic process where if a senator just flip-flops after they get yeah. elected, we could kick them out. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I, I do think that she will face a strong primary challenge in 2024. Um, I don't know centrist. if they'll win. I hope. I hope that, like, somebody can beat her out. But, like... We, we're stuck with her for four more years, yeah, you know what I mean? Or three more years, I actually guess. actually horrible. So we're just going to have to deal with it. And there's no fucking shot she's going to change her stance in the filibuster. Oh, no, there's no checks. She has absolutely yeah. no check on her. Yeah. Actually, she does have a lot of checks going into her bank account, though. Oh, so, true. Yeah. Yeah, specifically because her office is led by a former pharma lobbyist and her chief of staff has also lobbied on behalf of pharma firms. Jesus Christ. She's literally just surrounded by Big Pharma. That's it. Bro, she's just... Is she just doing this as like a uh, to have something on her resume for like a lobbying job after <laughs> she's done? Guess. She's like, yeah, I worked as a senator. I'd, may, I'd be a great fit at your big pharma company. <laughs> she just became a senator so that she could network with other big pharma lobbyists. Yeah, literally. And that's fucking it. And I mean, it's working for her. Broadly, according to Accountable.us, which is a government corporate watchdog group, Cinemas received $923,000 from corporate interests. Oh my God. Wild. Her net worth went from 35000 to over a million. Like, in the last three years she's been a senator how does that happen bro your salary is only 200k well i mean that happens for most politicians because <laughs> like, this shit happens now. all the time yeah but at the same time most politicians don't hold up progress the same way that she does that's facts they kind of just play along and here's how i know that there's no shot like even though kirsten cinema and joe manchin are acting like republicans uh-huh. there's no shot that they will ever switch parties god no because if they did you're irrelevant. Yeah. You're just one of the hogs. Nobody cares about you. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. They get to sit in the spotlight as much as they want, and they want it because that's what they're yeah. doing. If they were a Republican. But they're not going to switch. They wouldn't even be one of, like, the funny hogs either. Mm-mm. They wouldn't even be, like, a Matt Gates or, like, a, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's the, uh, Madison Cawthorn. Yeah. They wouldn't even be, like, any we wouldn't even be, be listening. Dude. We wouldn't even be listening to their campaign ads like Marjorie Taylor Greene, <laughs> yeah, like I we did last week. I wouldn't even know their names. Exactly. They would not matter. In, in fact, you know this because they didn't matter before. <laughs> Nobody yeah. gave a fuck about them before we had a 50-50 split. God. But now we have to. Like, we literally don't have a chance or a, a choice. And, like, Bernie Sanders could do the same thing, but mm-hmm. he's also not, like, the worst human being on Earth. Thanks. So, like. And it's like, ugh. we fought so hard to get that 50-50 split for yeah. nothing. Literally nothing. What have we done? What have we passed? Um, Yeah, no, nothing. <laughs> Shit, Can't yeah, think of nothing anything, I actually. I can literally think of nothing good, nothing no. that was campaigned on. Mm-mm. Uh, we've just been bad at the border. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is actually honestly Biden's fault entirely. <laughs> Facts. But yeah. there hasn't been any like congressional act to change anything. True. I mean, you know, we did do that one thing with like the Havana syndrome bill. Oh, <laughs> dude, I saw fast. that. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was like a some Medicare or not not Medicare, but it was like some uh, medical funding bill yep. for patients uh, in the CIA or FBI, whatever, with Havana syndrome. That oh, got passed like up. unilaterally. For a fucking like fake disease. Come on now, come on now. This episode's gonna get flagged on YouTube for me saying that probably. <laughs> probably, but, like, dude. dude. Like, Havana syndrome even less real than the heart attack gun yeah. that they shoot senators <laughs> with. <laughs> you know, like a unilateral, bipartisan support for a Medicare bill 
for like 12 people. Yeah. But we can't pass anything for anybody else. Oh, God, no. Jesus Christ. Just 12 people that specialize in destabilizing other countries that don't do the things we like. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, moving on to our our next favorite senator, favorite obstructionist. Oh, yeah. Joe Manchin. Closely related with Kirsten Cinema. In fact, working in tandem most of the time. It's kind of like how the word no has two letters. These are just the two people holding everything up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know don't, what I mean Don't you guys that? love how our quote-unquote democratic system oh, yes. is set up in a way that two people, two random-ass white people from yes. different country or uh, different states across the country can just hold up progress for everybody? One of them from one of the poorest, least populous states in the union <laughs> True. can just stop the democratic will of like anybody from California or New York. Yeah, they can hold up policies that are wildly popular yeah that would help the working class by orders of magnitude yes 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 some random dude from west virginia west virginia can stop all of that we're talking about our hero joe manchin baby joe manchin all right let's get right into it so throw back to a couple weeks ago when we talked about how this guy is a cartoonishly evil cold baron yeah yeah, yeah you remember that you may have thought I can kind of see what these guys are getting at, although maybe a little inflammatory. <laughs> if you thought that, you're literally fucking wrong. Yeah, like, I'm dumb. telling you, I'm you're sorry. literally wrong. He's so much worse than that. He's worse than a Saturday morning cartoon villain. I'm telling yeah. you, bro, is Lex Luthor. Yeah. No, like, he's evil. in real life. He's evil. In real life. A new insider report came out detailing that this motherfucker received $500,000 in dividends from his investments into Enter Systems. Yep. You're probably thinking, what a fucking stupid name, Enter Systems, right? You must be a fucking I would agree. idiot to come up with that and like name your company that. That's me. I'm saying that. Yeah. Guess who the fucking idiot is that started that company in 1998? I can I can probably guess. Dude, go jo- for it. it. Joe Manchin. It's Joe it's Manchin. Joe Manchin, baby. It is literally Joe, Joe Manchin. Let's, go. Let's get it, capitalism, baby. You know what I get as a reward for knowing that? Yeah. Oppressed under our <laughs> quote unquote democratic system. Facts, That's what I get. Facts. So he founded that in 1998, and when he won his Senate seat, he took his son took yeah. over the company while he maintained a five million dollar stake in its stock. Yeah, but he calls it a blind trust. True. So you all True. know that that <laughs> must mean that he's not profiting in any way from him being a senator and able to change the law that guide energy systems like the one that he used to own. No, dog. Blind trusts? That shit is actually just stupid. It's a lie. It's actually just dumb and ridiculous. No, it's like, a lie. They're the lying. The people that are handling it for him, they fucking know. Oh, they yeah. know what's going on. Mm-hmm. He could literally just tell them. He, he could just ask his son. Facts! And we don't have access to any of his communication record. He could just ask his son. How is this not like a form of insider trading yeah. as well? Yeah. Like, come on now. No, inheritance or just like passing anything on to your family members, it, yeah. it's it's fundamentally broken. Like it's broken our economy. Literally. Oh my I God. mean, and it, is, it is a feature of capitalism, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you know, back to this focus on enter systems and how much the ridiculously obscene amount of money that he's making by just sitting on his ass, right? Yeah. Just <laughs> having nothing. money, Doing just nothing. letting his capital snowball. You know what I mean? He wouldn't even need the ridiculous amount of money that energy lobbyists are already giving him. Because of this fucking personal stake. If this and this dude is the chair of the Center Energy yeah. and Natural Resources Committee. I didn't How is think that, of that allowed? <laughs> How is that allowed? I didn't know that until I saw the article. I didn't know that until you just told me. I forgot. <laughs> like what? That is insane. What he started an energy company in nineteen ninety eight. That's not that long ago. Not just a, just like two, two decades. decades, less than two decades before he got elected. Yeah. Why is he able to do this? I don't know. Like, it literally shouldn't be allowed. And it's public knowledge that his son owns his company. Uh And he's just, bro. 
Uh-huh. Like you're, if you're just born into wealth, you just win. Like that's like, the ultimate spot. It's like point. his son is handling the company. Okay, you just say, "Hey, Dad, I really don't like this regulation. Just mm-hmm. get rid of it for me." And the position that he's in, okay. Joe Manchin can literally do anything. Yeah. If he, if Joe Manchin offered a counter proposal to the 3.5 reconciliation deal, and it included a cut that would help his son's business, no mm-hmm. one would bat a fucking eye. Oh yeah, no. And it would happen, and his son would profit, and then. He would profit. If it included, like, a coal tax break. Yeah. Like a tax, subsidizing coal, yeah. which we already fucking do. And by the like way. one, which he controls. Yeah, and, and by the way, you ever wonder why Joe Manchin hates climate change provisions? <laughs> Maybe don't wonder anymore because it's very obvious it's within his interest to not do anything about climate change. It all makes sense now. Yeah. It literally all Bro makes Bro literally sense is now. helping cause climate change. <laughs> like, <laughs> but even... Even if it doesn't make sense to you, let me put some numbers behind this. Assuming that you make $21 an hour, which is the average wage for an inner systems production worker, it would take you 2,809 and a half hours of work to earn $500,000. Yeah. Crazy. Alternatively, that's 2.7 years of nonstop work, like day in, day out, every single fucking day. day, 24 hours a day. But since you have to sleep, I guess we can be generous and say that you only work for 16 hours a day. At that rate, it'd take 4.7 years to make $500,000. Keep in mind, Joe Manchin got $500,000 simply because he had money. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's it. He just had the money. Yeah. And this is this is 4.7 years working every single day, no breaks, no vacation, 16 yeah. hours a day. No, you have eight hours a day to eat, sleep, jerk off. Grueling work. Yeah. I don't even know what like an inner systems production worker does, but it probably fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. It's probably terrible. It's probably like and backbreaking By work. the way, this doesn't even account for every single expense that you'll have for living, for food, yeah. for transportation, for school if you're going to school or anything, or like just having fun, enjoying your life. Yeah. That's just gross money, which you yeah. won't because you're working 16 hours a day in this hypothetical. Right. <laughs> or like the taxes you'll have to pay, the property you'll buy. Like it's just you don't have a choice. Yeah. No, nothing. That's like gross there, income, 4.7 years. And that's just $5 million. Yeah. Like- other rich people have so much more money than that. There's mm-hmm. no chance that you could ever work hard enough to reach the amount of wealth that they've amassed. Meritocracy, it's a joke. It's not real. Yeah. It's not real. And it's like, I don't know exactly how dividends are taxed. I didn't do like that much research, but I mean, shit, if we assume liberally that they're taxed <laughs> at um like the highest top marginal tax rate, which is what he's fucking in, his yeah. tax bracket, yeah. what's that, 36%? Yeah. 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 So. Well, 30 yeah, 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 I think it's 36, 37. 36, we talked about it a few episodes it's ago. It's 36 right now, and then the hikes would bring it to like 37, wow, and then the surtax, you know how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. huge jump, right? Really jump. The jump that Kirsten Cinema absolutely opposes. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> vehemently opposes. It's right? all interconnected. That's intersectionality. So yeah, so bro's taking home, I don't know, at least 300K from that 500K. Yeah. What do you, what do you need? Like wh- he lives in a houseboat, bro. What does he need? Honestly, bro, he lives in like a houseboat in DC, and then he has like a gothic mansion. If you don't <laughs> think that this guy is a villain, like, what are you doing? Bro is polluting the earth. He lives on a boat. Yeah, and he has a like he has a, a temple <laughs> like, dedicated <laughs> to himself, like a temple and a fucking coal company. Yeah, no, like the free market doesn't exist. I'm sorry, bro. He's killing people. If if you still believe after listening to 12 now 13 episodes of Head in the Office that the free market exists, it doesn't. It's an illusion. Yeah, you're the, the free wrong market podcast. isn't free. If you aren't born into wealth, you have no shot of ever accomplishing anything. <laughs> the free market, in fact, very expensive. Yeah, and it is just more expensive if you're poor. Yeah, it's it's inaccessible if you are poor. <laughs> it's means tested in the other way. <laughs> True. <laughs> the only option you have if you're poor when it comes to the free market is just consuming, just oh, yeah. buying stuff. You just, have no, you can't invest your capital. 
Because, I mean, you can't even invest you don't have the amount capital. of money that you have. Or the amount of money that you do invest is not going to go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Because you don't no. know how to do that yeah, shit. You'll make like 50 cents dividends. Right. And you got to dedicate hours upon hours upon hours to be able to study the market to actually like make money on it. And working class people don't have time for that. Exactly. And even if you do, you don't want to fucking waste your time doing that. Mm-mm. You want to enjoy things. Yeah. You want to fall into like the pit of consumerism, like the traps that consumerism is, the snake eating its own tail. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh my Life God, is fleeting, ridiculous. y'all. The free market doesn't exist. Just like enjoy the time you have. You know what I'm just saying? Have a good time. In in the face of imminent economic collapse, the world falling apart at the seams because of climate change, mm-hmm. billionaires taking all of your money and exploiting you. In the face of all that, just try to enjoy the few moments exactly, we have together. Exactly. You know? Come on now. <laughs> Maybe the free market is the friends we made along the way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, the next little story I wanted to dive into is what I would like to describe as the intersection of Girl Boss and Cole Baron. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? So while doing research for this week's episode, I came across a neat little article talking about Joe Manchin's daughter. I didn't know he had a daughter. I didn't either. The only reason I found out is because I went to like confirm something about Joe Manchin I read in like an yeah. insider article. And then Joe Manchin's daughter was the first thing that popped up in like the Google search engine like autofill. Yeah. When I typed in Joe Manchin, I was like, what's this all about? And my <laughs> nosy little ass clicked on it, you know? Yeah, I yeah. had to. By the way, before we get started, uh-huh. Joe Manchin's whole family, the Manchin family, full of villains. Oh, yeah. It's, full a, of it's a villain family. Him, the devil. His yes. son, also the devil. Her, the devil. His wife, um, God, she was just appointed like bipartisanly to some fucking commission for the uh, Appalachian Mountains or something. Of course she was. At a salary was. of like $192,000 a year. Of course she was. This dude, yeah. oh my God. Why? Never mind. Let's just get into it. We love nepotism here at the Head in the Office. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. love nepotism here. So back to Joe Manchin's daughter. This one is a little personal to me, right? Because for a good portion of my life, I've been deathly allergic to bees. Mm. I say a good portion because I haven't been stung in a while. So. I don't really know if I'm still allergic to bees. Ooh, should, let's not test it out. Let's not I test it out. probably figure that out, but I stopped carrying my EpiPen a while ago. EpiPen. Ooh, living life on the edge. Which is what this is about, right? So if any of you have like a deathly allergy like that, you know that if you get stung, if you like eat nuts or something, like you're one of those fucking kids, you got a nut <laughs> allergy. Bro, you can't be talking if you're saying you're allergic <laughs> to bees. Come on. You're one of those fucking nut allergy having to sit at a separate table at lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know that... Um, the life-saving drug that you need is epinephrine. Yep. She got caught up in a scandal with Pfizer and like Merck and I think some other small company because they're the producers of EpiPens yeah. to artificially monopolize the EpiPen market and inflate the prices. Yeah. No, that's not surprising at all. Yeah. No, literally like not surprising. And they also got caught like last month or two months ago. I mentioned this in passing. Yeah. In one of the episodes, like probably like five episodes, but they lost the class action lawsuit. They have to dole out like three hundred and fifty million dollars to people. I think I can get like a six dollar check. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though the EpiPens, I'm pretty sure what they ended up doing was they made them six hundred dollars. And the God. big part of the scandal that involves Joe Manchin's daughter is that she was a part of like the team that came up with the idea that we should only offer an EpiPen in a two pack. Oh, my God. And so they were only offered in two packs. Yeah. I only ever needed one. Yeah. No, exactly. That's it. Why would you ever have to buy two for $600? Yeah. In the internal, that is insane. Yeah, in the internal documents, they mentioned they didn't cite any, like, scientific reason for why they would need a two-pack. Nope. They only cited staving off generic brands from cutting into their profits and doubling revenue. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, this, like, $350 million class action lawsuit or whatever, the money that they have to pay out, 
It's probably like infinitesimal compared to their profit margin. Oh yeah, no. Like that's probably they're probably like, oh that sucks, but like we'll just take it on the chin and move on. Yeah, like I'm sure you know somebody who has an EpiPen. Yeah, and this, by the way, does not deter them from doing future predatory practices. They'll just get more creative. Oh yeah, exactly. They're just gonna get more creative and find better ways to exploit the consumer, their workers, and anyone else tied into their production. <laughs> maybe they'll stop emailing and they'll just have phone calls. Yeah. Probably already do. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Joe Manchin will stop meeting with Exxon. They'll uh, they'll take a page out of <laughs> Trump's book and just phone call people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> They'll just phone call the uh, Secretary of State yeah. from Georgia and then just get caught lying. Just threaten them and then have the phone call recorded. Yeah. And I just want to make a quick point. These kind of practices when it comes to businesses just like jacking up the prices on consumers yeah. for necessary goods, none of this is new. Oh, yeah, the no. entire medical industry has always been incredibly exploitative. Um, and they can just, like, raise the prices on consumers because, like, what are you going to do? Die? It is elastic demand. Yeah. The no, supply you, does not change. You can't just raise the price and, and, like, not buy it. Like, you have no choice. You just have to spend money on it. And they know this. Yeah. Which is why they raise the prices. Like, for example, um, there's been this meme going around recently that's like, well, gas is, like, $5. What am I going to do? Just not buy gas? Like, Literally. that's true, though. <laughs> like, if you need gas in your car to go places... You're an average person, whether it's a dollar per gallon or five dollars per gallon or ten dollars per gallon, you're gonna buy gas. You don't have a choice. What are you gonna do to not go to work? Right. You need to be able to get places, especially in the context of our complete lack of public transit. Yeah. You have to be able to get places. You have to be able to get places. And you can apply the same kind of thinking to the medical services. You can't just not buy life saving medicine. You can't just not go to the ER. Right. You can't just not get your EpiPen. Right. If you have like a peanut allergy. And you're around peanut butter because, like, you go to school. You can't just <laughs> not buy an EpiPen. Yeah. You, like, you, you could die. If you have a peanut allergy and you sit at the wrong table at lunch. You're, you're dead. you have a reaction, but you couldn't afford your EpiPen, you're a goner. Yeah. No, and, at the, like, I mean, I've been a proponent of this for a while, and I know Gage has too, but, yeah. like, nationalize the fucking industry. Oh, yeah, it's stupid. The, like, there is absolutely no reason to have the free market dictate supply and demand when it comes to something that people need to survive. Clearly, it doesn't work. And like circling yeah. back to pharmaceutical companies, I saw an article like earlier today before we started the episode that pharmaceutical companies have profited more off of the American market than the worldwide market like combined. Oh Probably because God. everywhere else you have free healthcare. Yeah. And they don't have to worry about this. And their healthcare like ministries can negotiate. I was just about to say they can probably negotiate drug prices. Yeah, unlike Medicare. Unlike Kirsten Cinema wants us to <laughs> yeah. do. Kirsten Cinema would say, mm, "Sorry, no." Jesus <laughs> Christ! And I don't. I I I really do not understand why people would rather have the entire medical industry or really any industry that operates to provide necessary goods. Why you would want them to operate within the free market, which has proven it will crash like every eight years. Yeah. Which is about to crash like, in two I, weeks. I would, yeah, by the way, I would much rather have the medical industry and every other necessary industry like mm -hmm. housing or anything else in the hands of our slimy politicians yeah. and in the hands of the absolute demons that run big pharma companies. Yeah, except Joe Manchin because he's both. Yeah, yeah. But at the very least, even though, like we've said before, democracy does not exist in this country, yeah. at the very least, you kind of have a little bit of a hand in choosing who would run the big pharma industry if it was nationalized. That's true. At least you can cast a vote and you yeah. don't have to, you know, succumb to the authoritarian structure that is a company. Yeah. You don't have to just bend to the will of this dude who was born into wealth. Yeah. And otherwise, you have absolutely no say in who's at the head of these big pharma mm -hmm. companies. You often don't know. And they can change yeah. prices on a whim just to get more money out of you, and you have no choice. They can mm, maybe offer a two-pack yeah. instead of a yeah. single pack and, and only offer a two-pack. And the uh, the typical culturally accepted ways of 
showing activism against bad choices by like policymakers, you cannot display those same actions against corporations in the mm-hmm. same way you would against politicians. You can't yeah. touch them. And because protesting against them doesn't do anything. You can't not vote for them. Yeah. You can't take away their campaign contributions. It doesn't matter. You can't even say you can vote with your dollar in the you, pharmaceutical no, industry because you just can't. Like, what are you going to yeah. do, die? Like, yeah. vote with your dollar and die? Yeah, that would be the libertarian answer. It's just like, oh, vote with your dollar. When it's yeah. like, exactly, like, what are you going to do? Just not buy EpiPens that like, you need? Oh, no, let me buy the non-existent generic brand. Let me go siphon epinephrine myself. Right, and they admitted <laughs> that they were selling <laughs> yeah. them in two-packs so no one else could undercut them in the market. Yeah, no, like, keep in mind, they lost their lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> like, they fucking lost. They don't really have to do anything. $350 million, that's nothing to them. They spend, the pharmaceutical industry spend uh, close to... $385 million in 2020 on lobbying, and that's it. Yeah. Just lobbying. Yeah. They the have fuck? the money. To, yeah, why is that allowed? Yeah, well, <laughs> come on now. They spent more than anyone else. So far in 2021, they spent $250 million on lobbying. Yeah. Again, more than anyone else this year. Yeah, and in the eyes of the law, these massive corporations that exploit you are treated as human beings. Yeah. In the eyes of the law, you as an individual worker, say at a big pharma company, are the same as the corporation as a whole. What the fuck is that about? I know. Again, I was reading this other article about, you know, pharmaceutical industries being demons. Naturally. How do you not? And it mentioned that they crunched the math with the drug price cuts to figure out how much, like, they lose in profits. And they determined that, okay, if they lost, I think it was like, fuck, don't quote me on these numbers. I'm not even going to say a number. I'm not fucking this up. (laughs) But if they lost however much money they were going to lose, they would only have to develop two less drugs a year. Across Wait, those all would of be pharmaceutical and the drug cut prices like within legislation from yeah, the like government? What we were what we've proposed. Oh my god. Yeah, the drug cuts that we've proposed that Kirsten Cinema also opposes. Yeah. Those yeah. would only limit drug development by two drugs per year. And they would still be able to maintain all of their research positions. <sighs> but that article also highlighted that pharmaceutical companies are not the ones who are doing the fundamental research that leads to drug development. Those are publicly funded. It's the NIH. Yes. Which is the largest source of any anything like yeah. any of this information yeah it's all the nih and by the way mrna technology was publicly funded crazy and the corporations like pfizer and moderna that are profiting off the vaccines are not publicly funded not at they all. are private companies <laughs> not accountable to anyone yeah and by the way you should be in support of all of these reforms that progressive senators representatives whoever progressive politicians are offering because americans pay more mm-hmm. towards their health care than any other citizen in the world. Oh, yeah, per capita. Yes. And it's we just have the, the worst. most expensive and most inflated health enterprise system. Yeah. And we do nothing about it. Yeah, and I can tell you it is not the best quality. Oh, yeah, and that's, that was, that's the other part is that often the, the kind of line of thinking is that, well, we pay more into it, we pay the most in the world, but we get the best services. That's demonstrably false. No, no I can guarantee you I am not getting the best services, and we talked about it last week, The too. best doctors in the world come out of Cuba. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not the United States. And it's like we don't even have the best doctors in every sector. Like the best plastic surgeons are in South Korea. Yeah. Like I don't even know what we have the best of. You can say we have the best overall care maybe for the highest payers. Yeah. Like the highest oh, yes, payers. Yes. Like I've talked to people who say, well, what about people coming over from Canada to the U.S. or flying like Saudi princes flying to the Mayo Clinic? It's like, yeah, because they can afford it. If you're a Saudi prince, you obviously can afford to pay a very high rate for some surgery that you Yeah, need. you can pay whatever you want. You have infinite money. Yeah, like, like nobody can touch you. Also, you're a Saudi prince. Like, what, yeah. like the lifestyle of a Saudi prince is incomprehensible to working class people in America. Or like the upper middle class people in Canada coming to Detroit, clogging up our hospitals, making the care worse for the poor people in Detroit yeah. Yeah. to get better care for themselves because they don't want to yeah. wait like a week. 
right. for their unnecessary procedure. Right. I'm sorry. Nobody in these countries waits for anything that's necessary. Yeah. People here wait, though. Oh, yeah. The whole transplant list. Yes. Like, come on now. You have to wait a very long time to get good care, and most of the time you can't even afford it, and you're in debt for the rest of your life. You have and to you wait have, You have basically years. loan sharks coming after you. Uh-huh. Oh, I do. Yeah, you know about <laughs> I, I that. do. <laughs> Like we, I have debt collectors on my like, ass right now. It's demonstrably false that we have the best healthcare system in the world. Arguably, maybe the worst. <laughs> it sucks. Actually like, fucking sucks. We have the best in nothing unless you can afford it. But for the vast majority of people who cannot afford to just fork out thousands of dollars for necessary yeah. treatments, it's not the best in the world. Sorry. Like, how can you call something the best in the world if it's not working for the vast majority of people? And it's like, I'm sorry, but a lot of people think that doctors are so good at their job because they make so much money because they're still, like, just entrenched in the idea of meritocracy. No. AMCAS, the American College of, like, whatever the fuck that acronym stands for, the college doctor thing, AMCAS, they artificially limit the number of people who can get into med school each year. Like, that's it. Like, they have a cap on med school admissions. Yeah. So that limits the doctors that can come out. We've had a doctor shortage for, like, 20 years. Yeah. Limits this. Yeah. Yeah. And they're incredibly overworked. Talk about free market principles. <laughs> yeah, and it is strictly to keep their wages high, like yeah. stupid high. Come on now. Where's the free market? It's, it it's doesn't nowhere exist. to be found. It's nowhere to be found. All right, moving on to our last topic here. I wanted to do a, a little bit of an update on on labor unions yeah. and some strikes and strike authorizations that are happening throughout the country. Um, I, I just, you know, I felt it was it was only natural since we've talked about the free market being awful for so oh, long yeah. to talk about um, how the other side of the spectrum is doing yeah. the workers. Um, so I wanted to zoom in on one case in particular, which is IATSE, which is the International Alliance for Theatrical Stage Employees. It's a labor union for people that work in Theater. Hollywood, basically. Yeah. Um, so since May of 2021, IATSE has been bargaining with the AMPTP, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Produ- Producers, which is the other side, the bosses uh-huh. of, of the theater world. Um, and they've yet to reach a contract that can sustain their work. And again, this has been going on since May. And IATSE has about 150,000 members within the labor union. That's it crazy. is ginormous. And it's from corners of all corners of production, really, like commercials, TV shows, movies, ads, whatever you can think of. Um, and last Friday, IATSE sent out an email to all of its members uh, to allow them to vote on a strike authorization. Which mm-hmm. requires a seventy-five percent vote, according to their rules, to occur. Oh damn! Um, and uh, from what I've seen of the reporting, members seem pretty confident confident that they'll have their votes to do this. Um, and for those that don't know, the hours that stage employees have to work are grueling. It's like, stupid. The stuff that they have to do is insane. It is incredibly long days, very few breaks, early mornings, low pay, all of the classic worker exploitation and schemes. Incredibly irregular. Oh yeah, yeah, very irregular. And like it's it's bad. Like they suffer through terrible conditions. Um, and now their labor union is taking the steps to fix that because uh-huh. they're in a bargaining period. Strikes are something that happen when it comes to labor unions. Facts. Good. Yeah. And I actually said that uh, many of their contracts with their members are still going to allow some work to happen just based on the nature of the contract. So yeah. the proverbial crossing of the picket line will be avoided for the most part if some members have to continue to work. Mm-hmm. But if the strike goes for long enough and they don't reach an agreement, we will see major disruptions in Hollywood. Which to me is a good thing. Yeah, that's fine. None of you better be fucking complaining. It's like movies and <laughs> shit, dude. Like, yeah. It's already been delayed because of Corona. You can wait two more months to see, yeah. like, well, not Spider-Man. I can't really wait to go see that one. But after yeah, that, that one. better finish up. Yeah, bro. that one better fucking be ready by December. But past that, I mean, you can wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, it is a, it's a good thing because these practices, and we've known this for a long time when it comes to Hollywood, yeah. the workers are exploited to an insane de- degree. Anyone under, like, the DP, you're just shit on. Yeah. You're absolutely fucked. Yeah, no, it's it's a bad time for you. Um, And in a message to the members, the president of IATSE said that, 
uh, and I'm quoting here, our members deserve respect, not just because they are the most talented creative technicians and artisans in the world, but because we are human beings with basic human needs. We require breaks during the workday, sleep, food, a safe trip home, and a little time with the family or away from the job. Mm -hmm. The demands of the industry must be balanced with the health and wellness of its members. The changes we seek are modest and manageable. What we seek is simply fairness. These labor unions, and, and this is the story that a lot of labor unions are undergoing, even right now. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of, uh, there's been an increase in labor activity, I would say. Good. And what they are asking for is the bare minimum. They are asking to be respected as human beings and to work hours that are manageable to them mm -hmm. while they continue to do the job that they probably like doing. Yeah. Like, other than like the abhorrent working conditions. Nah, bro, if you don't like it, leave. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. get another just, job just bro. leave in la find another job yeah just find another job in la with your incredibly specified skill set just yeah. learn a skill yeah find a new skill. you know like these labor unions like he said that they just want breaks during the workday sleep food a safe trip home and a little time with their family oh yeah like this none of this is radical labor unions are often thought to be like well at least by right wingers like these uh -huh. giant basically corporations that are also going to exploit workers like no they're asking for the bare minimum Thanks. and of course labor unions they can be uh, corrupt in some way like mm -hmm. they, they can function in a corrupt way of they're course. like any other institution right like any other group can function in a corrupt way but i would much rather have people that are in similar positions that i am yeah fighting for my rights at least to some capacity than uh -huh. again random people that you cannot elect controlling every aspect of your working life oh yeah that's shit's horrible and it's just like specifically with this strike it just look up the conditions on a lot of film sets. Some yeah. directors are just tyrants. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, shit is actually horrible. Mm -hmm. It sucks being out yeah. there. This part of the episode is dedicated to theater kids. Yeah. <laughs> if you are a theater kid among us, we support you. If you went into the professional theater business, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout out, you guys. I hope IATSE is advocating for you. I hope you're a part of the union, whatever yeah. chapter you're, or like a local you're a part of or whatever it is. Um, anyway, the, the strike authorization voting is set to actually end today, which is Sunday at 9 p.m. Crazy. So I guess we will see what happens by the time this episode formally drops. I yeah. hope they can find a deal because um, all those strikes are like exciting and they're, they're cool to look at and that they kind saw, of stuff like, like good for the media. It's a means for be a part of. Right. It's a means. Yeah. It's not supposed to be the end. The goal isn't the strike. The goal is to yeah. have better working conditions so people are getting paid. Yeah, it's easy to rally around a strike, but we got to remember that nobody wants to fucking go on strike. Yeah, like, because I, at some point when strikes go for a long time, it means you're losing money. Yeah, it means you aren't getting paid. So yeah. you're just not being able to put food on the table, which you weren't already able to put food on the table. Now it's worse. Yeah, now so, it's worse. Like, and, and the people that you're striking against still have all the money that they need. Yeah, they're not something to be romanticized. Like yeah. you don't want to get to that point. Yeah. But it is it is good to see that they're willing to go this far because honestly the only way that you can really threaten the capitalist hegemony is to take their profit away. Hit them in the pockets. Yeah, hit them in the pockets. Hit That's the literally pockets. the only way. Like they don't care about moral arguments. They don't care if you are actually suffering. They only care if they're yeah. losing money. And the only real way to threaten them is to take profit away from them or make them look bad in the press. I mean, that's the only, like, incentive they have is their money. Yeah. That's it. Like, I, If you want to talk about free market incentives. Come on now. <laughs> the come only on way now. to take it from them, to take away the incentive for them to act as, like, a dictator in the workplace mm -hmm. is to remove their profit. Yeah. Um, so, again, we'll see how IATSE does. But more broadly, I wanted to talk about labor unions because the potential strike from the uh, the theater kids yeah. is a part of a much larger shift, I think, um, within our country of the workers gaining more power in the economy. Yeah. That is kind of due in part to what happened throughout the pandemic. Yeah. Because I think like a lot COVID of people. Concerns. Yeah. I think a lot of people when um, 
unemployment benefits started to kick up and were like actually doing well. Yeah. A lot of people started to realize that like, well, I don't need to work at this shit job to survive. I don't need to settle for this. Like people started, yeah, they, they started to recognize their worth and see that they can demand better working conditions, better hours, better pay because that's what they deserve. Yeah. As a worker, you're providing an immense amount of profit that you will never see. You deserve at the very least to get paid a wage that is livable. Oh, yeah. And if you go to like any fast food restaurant, you do not see a place without a sign that says we're hiring for $12, $13, mm-hmm. $15 an hour. And you don't see smiles. No, you don't. Like, come on now. I saw this great like fucking comment on TikTok. Low key, it's like we expect the people we pay the least in society, like hospitality workers, yeah. to act like they fucking love their job. And then oh. when they don't, we get mad at them. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah. No, especially if you're working at like a McDonald's. Like, p- people all the time say, well, if you raise the wage, who's going to flip the burgers? Those people deserve more yeah, money than the, most professions. Them, they are still going to be flipping the burgers. Like, yes. I'm telling you right yes. now. And if the job is so important, by the way, then the labor market, if it exists, will necessitate that that job exists. Exactly. If you believe in the free market. Come on now. Yeah. Um, but like we've we've seen uh, kind of labor movements pop up all over the country. You have the Amazon strike or the labor vote that did ultimately fail, but it's being looked into and will probably be done again. Yeah, but also that shit was they they were fighting a union beast busting. right there. Oh my yeah. god! I mean, why why would you pay your union dues when you can buy a PS Five? Sorry, Amazon, you can't get your hands on a PS Five. <laughs> oh, there's a little bit of resentment yeah, <laughs> from yeah. outside the pod. Side note. Um, yeah, but they took on Amazon, which is either the most powerful or like the second most powerful to Walmart company in America. Yeah. Like they had a massive uphill battle and they got close. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess when you look at the percentages, it was like 30, 70, but that was because like Amazon a has a massive union busting apparatus around uh-huh. it. Like they have infinite wealth. They were doing mandatory trainings, like yes. anti-union trainings, yep. running anti-union ads. They framed it culturally so that anyone who wanted to be a union was like a demon. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. how would they not win? You also have um, the UAW has endorsed John Deere employees that are planning to strike. Uh, healthcare workers in California are planning to strike soon or are already in the process <laughs> oh, of fuck. striking. And it's like strikes in the labor movements are happening all over the country. They're thousands strong. And it's really good to see because unions are one of the very few ways average people can actually fight for their worth. Yeah. Like it is one of the very few tools, maybe one of the only tools average people have in their pocket that they can use to fight back against their own exploitation. It's like that isn't a not, that is nonviolent, by the way. I yeah, guess I should facts. say. And it's like if you want to have the the Larry Elder libertarian shitter approach of <laughs> zero dollar minimum wage, like they they do have this in other countries. I believe one of the Scandinavian countries is it Norway, Sweden or Norway. They don't have a minimum wage, but they have incredibly strong labor yes. unions yeah. and have. At minimum, higher wages than we do here. They do, yeah. Like, it's great. Yeah, like, the I, I, if it is Norway, then their government endorses labor unions and has incredibly strong protections for yeah. them. Because if they don't, then those, like, it's slave labor at oh, some point. Yeah. Or, like, you could say, like, well, you're getting paid $3 a day, where it's like, okay, what is $3 going to do for you? Mm-hmm. Like, at that point, it is payment in name only. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter. It's symbolic at that point. It's not actually giving me any economic power. If it can't give you, like, your, your daily sustenance, what does it matter? Right. If you can't subsist, then you're a slave. <laughs> Come on. Like, now. that's all it is. And, like, that's how it's been in America for a very long time. Like, wage slavery, which is, tends to be, like, a leftist Marxian idea, yeah. is is reality. It is. Why should you have to work two to three jobs just to subsist yeah. when we know under capitalism we are already needlessly working all of these hours that we don't have to be working and you're already overproducing yeah like every single industry overproduces to the extent that they are throwing away 
excess product. Specifically food. We throw yeah. away excess food. We burn excess crops so that mm-hmm. we don't crash prices. Yeah. But anyway, even back to like the point I just made, the 40-hour work week is insufficient. Like not insufficient. It's it's too much. Like we don't need to be working yeah. 40 hours a week. Think about what you do at work. Yeah. Half the time you're just sitting around on your phone. Yeah. Like, come on now, you don't do 40 hours worth of work a week. Yeah. And, like, that's fine in of itself, but under capitalism, we just make you believe that you just constantly need to be putting hours in no matter how meaningless and menial those hours are. Yeah, and you shouldn't have to work 40 hours a week. Like, shit, let's, no, give, not let's, let's, give, let's make Friday a weekend. That'd a be weekend fucking day. sick for school, too. Three-day weekends all the time. Please. Like, I mean, you don't – like, we've gotten to a point, especially in America, like, we're the most developed country. Well, maybe not. <laughs> we are considered to be or we have the capacity to be the yeah. most developed country in the world. We have the most wealth in the world. We don't need people working 40 hours a week. We proved that during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, we could we just chill. We had massive amounts of unemployment. Only what we deemed essential workers were working mm-hmm. in their workplaces. We proved that we don't need people to be in the office to Not exist. Not at all. You can be at home with your children. Yes. You yeah. can be at home. You can log in, do your tasks, log off, go clean, Which I go think is do why. your house duties. I, I think that's why so many workers at this point are like, why are you demanding this much out of us if it's clear you don't need it? Yeah. Like, this is just for your profit. Like, what the fuck is this for? Yeah. yeah. And and just like uh, uh, last couple points on the labor union is that, and I know Gage and I have gotten into debates about this very topic. Oh, yeah? But it is strictly within your interest to oh my join God, or start dude. a labor union as a Come worker. on now, dude. We've gotten into so many fights with people. <laughs> About like, like, oh, like the debates we've had about this have been pretty egregious. And like, I don't know if people <laughs> just don't grip the concept because we are told to not engage in like labor activity. Yeah. Or we're told that like you you're acting as if you're like entitled or you're needy or like you're acting like a child if you yeah. try to start a union or join a union. But like it is strictly within your interest. And culturally, as a we just push productivity. And that's what we hear the most when we're yeah. fucking arguing with people about this is, yeah. oh, labor unions decrease productivity. OK, like we're kind of chilling right now yeah. as we are. Yeah. Like what? what? <laughs> Come on, what what do we need? Does your no. tech startup really need to be that much more productive? Yeah, no. In in leftist theory, we recognize that capitalism is really really good at growth. Yeah, it produces a lot of stuff. And but like we said, growth models aren't sustainable. Right? No, that's that was the point I was going to make is that we don't need all that growth. Yeah, like the point of human existence should not be perpetual growth. It should be sustaining our life. Like with technology, where we are, we're very comfortable if you can afford it. Yeah. Let's yeah. work on bringing everyone up to that standard of living mm-hmm. rather than increasing that standard of living for the people at the very, 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 very top yeah. and no one else. Yeah, look, look, this is a crude example, but I would be okay with not having a new fucking iPhone every Facts. single year if it meant that all of the workers at Apple could live comfortable lives. If it meant that there were no more – there wasn't a need for suicide nets at Apple factories anymore. Exactly. Like, that's fine, dude. Yeah. Come out with iPhone every five years or whenever. Yeah. Just as long as we can eliminate that, it's fine. Yeah. Our economy has matured enough to the point where we do not need constant growth all the time. Yeah. Because it, I mean, and it, we've proved it just collapses every so often. Every eight years. And the only people that get hurt are the workers every single time. And that's why when you have a labor union, they can shield you from those kind of economic collapses that are imminent. Yeah. Because we don't do anything to prevent them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And And by the way. Better working conditions, better pay, all of that is also good for the consumer mm-hmm. because better the better employees are being treated, the better products or service the consumer is going to get. Yes. The only people to lose in that equation is the capitalists, and that's fine. And, yeah, that's completely fine. I love that, actually. Yeah. I stand that. Yeah. 
And even if you want to say like, oh, why should a 16-year-old be paid this much money? Because they are consumers. That's literally all they do is consume. Yeah. When you're 16, I'm sorry, you're not saving money. You're not yeah. putting money in the stock market. Maybe you know one guy who's putting money in the stock market, <laughs> but is he really? No. We knew some dudes that we would knew be like, some dudes that were like stock market Andy's yeah. over here. I'm going to invest $100 a month, and by the time I'm 60, I'll be a fucking five trillionaire. No, you won't. Unironically, those dudes are the exact same as like astrology girls. That's factual. Like they both believe in things that just aren't real. Those dudes. Inc- <laughs> <laughs> like none of it's real. Like yeah. Bitcoin dog, you sound dumb. It's like, oh, bro, what are you invested in? Are you invested in Ethereum, Bitcoin, uh, fucking Shut Tor? Up. No, Shut up. bro, I'm an Aquarius. Like, <laughs> yeah. It means the same thing to me. I'm investing in making the head in the office podcast. Exactly. I'm, I'm investing my time. And with that note, we just want to thank our, give a special thanks to our That's patrons. Right. Gage's mom, Nikki Nine Lies, Terrence Nicholson, Chris the Postman, Luke Harris, Christy Beck, and Jeremy's mom for supporting the show. That's right. We couldn't do it without you guys. I really appreciate it. Um, and if you are listening to this episode, you just heard us shout out that list of Let's elite go. people. Check out the Patreon. You know, Thanks. buy into one of the tiers. You help support there. the show. Get us to our first goal. We'll give you a tour of the stew. Uh, maybe we can start basement. having guests on if we get enough money to buy a new audio mixer and some mics. That'd be hard. You never know. That'd you be really know. cool. The, honestly, the the options are limitless. Let's go. Thanks for supporting the show, y'all. Um, hope you hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was a good one. Yeah. Um, George Bush is a war criminal, and have a great rest <laughs> of your week. We'll be back next week. All right, y'all.